0: Welcome, 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 ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Continuing the Conversation. Uh, We have a treat for you today, all those that you're listening. I don't know what you're doing right now. You could be driving your car. You could be walking your dog. You could be washing the dishes. I don't know what it is, but I do have a surprise for you today. Is an interview with the one and only Ryan Cole. Say hello to the Skillman Church of Christ listeners, Ryan.
1: Hello to Skillman listeners, (laughs) listeners from beyond Skillman, anyone who's here. Probably my mother, because I told her I was (laughs) coming to do this right now. Yes.
0: So So what's your mother's name? Kathy. Hello, Kathy. Kathy, if you are listening to this, you have an amazing son. We are blessed to have him a part of our community. And uh, we do have a live audience today here at the Skillman Church of Christ. Dulcinea Lambert is in here. Normally, we have a, a, a wider variety. You know, we have more people here, but uh, we decided, because Ryan's schedule, we had to bump up our time uh, about half an hour, but we'll have people trickle in. So you might hear some other voices uh, as this podcast continues, but right now, it's a, an audience of one. And I uh, just wanted to talk to Ryan today. He is an exceptional human being, and uh, those that know Ryan love Ryan. I mean, he's just, uh, he is spoken of with such reverence with such adoration in this church family. But, you know, I, I know that there there's a lot of people out there listening that don't really know who you are. Uh, they see you up there on the praise team. They see Rebecca, your beautiful wife. Uh, you guys singing together up there. Uh, just an amazing team. But if you could, real quick, before we kind of dive into the issue of faith, could you kind of give the listeners out there a little bit of background? Who are you? Where'd you grow up? And how long have you been coming to Skillman? Just kind of tell us, who is Ryan Cole?
1: First of all, thank you for all those nice things that may or may not be deserved. Um, definitely not deserved, but might be true. Um, so I um, am Ryan, and I'm from Houston. And Houston, Houston, Texas, home of you know Beyonce, Beyonce, and Ryan hey, Cole. Like, hey,
0: and hey, are you proud of you? Just a little little break. Are you proud to be from Houston? I am proud to be. It's Houston. a beautiful. I mean that that town is famous, man.
1: It's famous. There's so mm-hmm. much there. There's yeah. so many people. The people are great.
0: If you were, to, what is the, the uh, brand like, What is the reputation of Houston? Like when someone says Houston, what do most people think of?
1: Okay, so first of all, in Dallas, people are real Houston haters for some reason. What? Come on, no, I don't say know that. why, but um, <laughs> <laughs> I think they think about the food. There's lots of great yeah, food. There's so yeah. many different. It's really one of those like melting pot, like cultural cities. Yes, diversity. Um, a lot of diversity. A lot of diversity, and yeah. that reflects itself in the art, and the mm-hmm. culture, and the food, mm-hmm. and everything.
0: Yes. Oh man. Well, I'm a big fan of Houston. So anyway, I didn't mean to cut you off, oh. but uh, you're from Houston, and then what happened next?
1: Well, so many things. Um, so I uh, sang a lot growing up, and so. I came to SMU for college to sing, I just, I studied vocal performance, um, so you don't really get to hear us do that type of stuff, because nobody really wants like an opera aria for (laughs) worship, but, um, (laughs) that's what Rebecca and I studied, and then we also did music education, so we love teaching, being Mm -hmm. with students, Mm -hmm. and, you know, all that type of stuff, and being around music, so, and now I, I actually work at SMU doing admissions, so, if anybody knows of anyone who's interested, let You're me know. You're a great person to know. I'll try to yeah. give them as much of a hookup as I legally can. You know
0: <laughs> this. Just before we get into faith, any <laughs> any quick advice to any of the high schoolers out there who are doing their college application, you know, someone who's in the field, do you have any just really quick advice of things to think of or what to do, what not to do?
1: Yes. Mm-hmm. I think people think that admission decisions are based off of all these random things but really, it's a school, so you know, have good coursework, have good grades, have wow. good test scores. Like that's going to speak a lot louder than, you know, whether you did ten or five hundred community service hours. Like, yeah. do what you care about. Don't <laughs> do stuff just to check off uh, an area.
0: That's really good advice. Well, uh, we're so happy to have you again a part of this this church family, and uh, you bring so much to the table. And you know, right now as a church, we are in a season of. Just exploring what the word faith means, Uh, really diving into this idea of faith, because like we talked about several weeks ago, faith is one of those words that's hard to define because uh, there really isn't an adequate definition in the dictionary to talk about it. You almost have to describe what it is based on the people you see in your life. Um, But I was just curious to talk with you to open this conversation about faith. When you hear the word faith, how do you define it? What does faith mean to you?
1: You know, I might be influenced by some of the things that you said this past, you know, couple of weeks in church, Um, but definitely I would say that faith to me is kind of like hope, but with evidence. Yeah, yeah. So I think about, um, you know, you believe something because, you know, God's made you a promise or... Um, you've seen him do you know work in other people's lives you've seen this example um you you know you've seen the evidence yeah. and so you're you have hope but also you have like stuff to back it up with
0: yeah it's true i mean i think that's really a cool uh it's a, it's a cool uh, detail about faith that oftentimes is is not really talked about is that faith in the christian sense it really isn't this like like shot in the dark, like we have our eyes closed with our fingers crossed, and like hoping. I mean, really, we look at the scripture, we look at our own life, and we see that God has been faithful. We see that God was faithful then, God is faithful now, and uh, we put our hope in the fact that this God is working in the world and that we can be a part of it, and it really affects the way that we live.
1: Absolutely. And you know, it kind of reminds me of one of the clips that you showed in church the other day of Indiana Jones, where he's trying to cross this like big cavern. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. And it's a perfect example of faith because you're supposed to just like walk, apparently, and but we only know that because he opens his booklet and he sees a picture of this man just taking a step, <laughs> and so that's the evidence. That's true. So yeah. he's like, okay, it's been done. Yeah. I can do this. Yeah. I have faith in this situation as opposed to just like showing up to a <laughs> you know a cavern and walking off the edge of a cliff. Like it's not like he made that up. Like, yeah. He yeah. Saw the example somewhere. Yeah, that's
0: that's a really good point, and so like in our world though in Dallas, United States, Texas in the year 2020, when we hear the word, oh, he or she is a person of faith. They're, they're a person of faith. What do you think that that is describing?
1: I honestly think it's that that person has faith in a higher power mm. existing and yeah. working in their life. Um, so that's really what people kind of tend to think. If it's not like necessarily the act of um, having faith yeah, yeah, or living that out it's just um, this person claims to believe something and, and they claim that they have evidence about you know there being a god or there being a savior and yeah. so that person is of faith mm. um, but I don't think that people necessarily think about um, what those promises are or like yeah. what that faith is actually really in
0: yeah that's a good point man and, you know, you're, you're around a lot of young people. I mean, you work with young people all the time, and you're working with high school kids, you know, telling them the good news about SMU. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know? uh, even at your current job, I'm sure you're just surrounded by young people. Um, what have you seen, you know, um, with an average young person, 18 to 24 years old, mm-hmm. if you ask them, are you a person of faith, what do you think, how do you think they would respond
1: First of all, I love that you defined young as eighteen to twenty-four. So that makes me right on out of there at twenty-eight years old. Um, so that's good. But no, but I, I feel it every day because I am not one of those uh, people. Yeah. So mm. I think that it's kind of like we had this conversation too about the word spiritual. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of these people, and you know, in that age group would not really say that they are of faith. Mm -hmm. They might Mm -hmm. have had a pleasant experience in a religious type of setting. They might have had a really horrible experience in a religious setting. And I think that really taints a lot of people's kind of perception. Mm -hmm. Um, But I don't know. Literally like two days ago, one of my students came in. She was visiting some friends. Well, she was doing an audition in New York. And she was staying with these two girls who are Christians. Yeah. And they, I guess, were telling their friends that, oh, this girl's staying with us, you mm-hmm. know. And so, this guy that was there mm-hmm. is like, hey, I'm so glad you're here. You know, uh, we know that you've just been going through a lot, and so mm-hmm. we definitely want to pray over you. And she's like uh what and so there he's just spending like mm-hmm. 5 minutes you know praying for her and saying wow. all this stuff like i know you've been going through so much and the girl was like I don't, I don't i'm actually fine like i don't know <laughs> so and this girl is not someone who would say that she is a faith mm, and yeah, so yeah. i thought that was a perfect example of um somebody having certain expectations and in having faith in something and yeah. somebody else not yeah. and when you try to lump in the other you know, person it does not line up so yeah. Yeah. you know it's obviously we should be praying for people and we should mm-hmm. be praying for them especially mm-hmm. non-believers and, but kind of not even asking someone hey is this okay can we pray <laughs> for you blah blah blah, yeah. blah. Um, she was like I don't even know this guy's name yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you know I think that type of stuff turns yeah. people off um, when they think about a person of faith
0: Yeah, and uh, you know you're a millennial, right? I am. Yeah. Well, uh, you know I'm also on the. um, I was born in 1981. Okay. Which is in some, in some, yeah. I'm getting old. People saying I'm old here. (laughs) Yeah, maybe. But in some of the studies, I'm a part of the millennial generation, and some I'm part of the Gen X. I'm kind of that age. My year is kind of in between. But you're dead set straight millennial. Yeah. Uh, and you know, all the studies show that just the millennials aren't really interested in attending church services. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there's talk about millennials being spiritual but not religious. Um, but you know, oftentimes when we in our vocabulary, when we think about a person of faith, we equate it with church attendance or re- mm-hmm. being a part of a church community. And the statistics, the statistics are showing us that especially with the millennial population, and below, uh, that, that's not a high priority, is being a part of a church family or being a part of a, a weekly church routine. And uh, I'm sure you have a ton of friends to your left and to your right who no longer go to church. Uh, I mean, in my age range, in, th- in the 30s, I mean, it's, it's, very, it's just not a real high priority. You know, uh, people who are my age, uh, and I would imagine for you, do you see the same in your peers Uh, those that you know, your generation, the millennial generation, do you confirm in your own experience what the statistics show that your peers are not as concerned about being a part of a community of faith as maybe the past generations?
1: Um, Definitely. And honestly, even when I think about the reasons that I personally want to be involved in church, It is that community of faith, and I think that part is really, the faith part is really important, Mm -hmm. but I think that what almost everybody wants to be a part of is an accepting kind of community in general, Mm -hmm. and so I think that a lot of people my age, they have found that through, like, their CrossFit group, Mm -hmm. or their, you Mm -hmm. know, I don't know, whatever their people they went to college with, or something like that, so finding that community is not a difficult Mm -hmm. thing, necessarily. Yeah. Um, maybe if you move to a new town or whatever, it definitely can can have its issues, but um, people can find that community elsewhere. what they can 't find is a community of faith, necessarily mm. outside of a church or a religious environment yeah um, but I do think you know as an educator, I always think about kind of the misinformation and miscommunication about faith and like belief in God mm-hmm. and relationship with Christ. Mm. And I think a lot of people who don't feel the need to be a part of a community of faith, they may not have necessarily understood what a relationship with Christ actually is in the first place. Yeah. And that that's kind of what we're building our hope and our faith on.
0: Yeah. I mean, and so, I mean, you you kind of touched on it, but why? if you were to articulate why is it that the millennials aren't... Quite connecting to to this type of community, a community of faith. Uh, Like you said, I mean, community is not not an issue really. They got the CrossFit group, they got the you know Facebook groups that are out there that they're a part of. Um, But particularly a community of faith. If you were to articulate, well, why is it that some of the millennials aren't necessarily as attracted to this type of community?
1: Definitely. Almost kind of like mm-hmm. I'm, I mentioned a little bit earlier, like just the misinformation. Yeah, yeah. Um, people have used Christianity for to to justify so many horrible things, and people have also, you know, used authority that they have um, within an organization, like a church organization, mm-hmm. to treat people horribly. And so, whenever you conflate those negative experiences. Um, the misappropriation of um, Christianity and of Christ and his words and who he is, that's really confusing. And mm-hmm. you're going to just smash all that together and say, I don't need church. I don't need a, a faith, a community of faith. Um, so that's definitely a huge part of it. I mean, and you even have places like. The Westboro Baptist Church, which Mm. is not a church, it's Mm. a hate group, but then they have church in their title, and it's confusing, and they're out here saying, you know, to show God's love to you, I'm going to, like, curse you out and, like, tell you you're going to hell, and it's Mm -hmm. like, that's not the Christ that we all know from reading scripture, and so it's hard to break that barrier to say, even though you've seen all these horrible things... Um, you know, and I, as a as a black person, like you think about slave masters saying, "Hey, you know, like it says in the Bible, like slaves, like do this, blah blah blah," and it's like not endorsing slavery, but it's like this is these are the population of people who we have you yeah. know, on the earth at the time that that book was written. Mm-hmm. So you know, it's um. There's a lot that people can't really get over mm-hmm. for a good reason, but at the same time, I think. Taking the time to really form relationships and understand yeah. that hey like this is important to me because X Y and Z and this is how it shaped my life in a really positive way mm-hmm. and then allowing people to kind of see that um, is helpful for people to just be curious about what is the faith that we are um, you know connected to and <clears throat> why we are seeking out a community of faith and why we're part of that.
0: Oh man, great point. And I think you bring up a point. You know that there had within generation this millennial generation there is a there's a mistrust about the institution, and I don't know. I mean, there's been, of course, some, some you know controversies and scandals that church has been a part of. I mean, major ministers or you know pastors have been uh, convicted of crimes or or. Sometimes you know s- sexual abuse, mm-hmm. uh, you know you have the instances of the, the Catholic priests, and so mm-hmm. I mean the generation that's in their twenties and thirties right now, they have been exposed to time and time again so much scandal, controversy, and I, I think there is generated a little bit of mistrust mm-hmm. to the institution. You know, it, it affects the giving. I mean, I think our generation, the the millennial generation. Uh, I think we have no problem buying a $9 bar of soap mm-hmm. if it's made by a refugee in Iraq. Yes. <laughs> but, you know, we have a hard time giving to a church. Mm-hmm. I, I think just because of a mistrust of how those finances have been given. I mean, do you see any, is, is there any hope, you know, as far as regaining that trust back? If, if, you know, if being a part of a community of faith is something that is a blessing, is there a way to regain that trust?
1: Oh, absolutely. Um, And I think it's something that I see a lot just in my personal life. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, everybody, we all have a duty um, to kind of, well, we all have a sphere of influence. Mm -hmm. And in your personal life, like, whether it's, you know, whoever you see at the grocery store on a regular basis, or maybe at work or something, like, there are all these people that are in your life um, so kind of being upfront and unashamed mm-hmm. of your faith, but also being a person that cares and wants to get to know people regardless of kind of where they are in their faith journey or mm-hmm. if they are, have faith or not. Um, I think it's really important, uh, because kind of like we hit earlier, letting people know and understand what our faith is rooted in, mm-hmm. and it is that love of God specifically through his son, um... That is huge. And so showing people, you know, looking at the examples of Christ and showing people that example, Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. I think Mm -hmm. will have just tremendous opportunities. And also kind of being real with people and being honest, I think that's been one of the biggest issues with like kind of a lot of the stuff that we mentioned a second ago Mm -hmm. is that people and Christians have kind of put themselves on a pedestal Mm -hmm. and so when any ever anytime that people were not doing exactly what they needed to be doing or being perfect, mm-hmm. they were hiding that part from others. Uh, and yeah. that's not realistic. Like as yeah. Christians who are constantly working, you know, to be more Christ, like we will never be Christ. We will never be perfect. And so I think, um, people have this assumption that Christians think they're perfect. Mm-hmm. And there are lots of Christians out there that want people to think that they're perfect. Yeah. Um, so I think getting rid of that, being real And showing people actually who Christ was um, is going to be kind of how we can do that individually. Um, Now, institutionally, there's going to be a lot of other work that has to happen. Man,
0: I think think you're right on, you know, because there's a high value around this generation of authenticity. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that, you know, maybe in prior generations, a value was presentation, was, you know, you know, appearing to be, to be uh, correct, you know, or, but I think with, especially the millennial generation, there, there is a high value on authenticity, on being vulnerable, on being real, right? And I think for that to happen, churches need to admit that they're, that they're, (laughs) they've failed in in some senses, or they've messed up here. Uh, There needs to be a, an emphasis on vulnerability, and that's a risk, because Mm -hmm. it's not something whenever for the longest time we've you know been been the ones with the right answer yes. the ones that are have it all figured out and uh, that for the longest time that's kind of been what has really brought people to us but I think moving forward that type of mentality it doesn't work anymore yeah. and I think and if we are going to include the new generation we have to let go of that desire to have it all perfect and really it, uh, be the ones that say well we have it all figured out really I think the true magic now is vulnerability it's admitting that we, we are on a journey we're just trying to figure it out that we have failed but we are trying to be faithful in our understanding of what faith is mm-hmm. you know one thing I want to ask you is you're an expert on pop culture okay. you know you're a, big, you're a big Beyonce fan yes Beyond, any you, Beyonce
1: fans out there in our we, got, we got yes. more of our an audience
0: any, any of you Beyonce fans out there
1: They've heard of her. Yeah, they're good. Our hey, if you're, if you're
0: driving your car and you're a Beyonce fan, honk twice right yes. now. Or no, just don't honk. No, no, <laughs> do, 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 I don't want you to get in trouble. But don't, don't honk. All right. This, please, please don't honk. Safety first. Yeah, safety first. But, uh, you know, recently in pop culture, uh, there has been a, some high-profile individuals who have professed Jesus. Mm. You know, for example, Kanye West. You know, he recently came out with this album. Does anybody hear about this album? Uh, what, was, what was the album called again? Mm.
1: I think it's like Jesus is Lord or yeah, Jesus, Jesus is Lord. King or something like yeah.
0: that. And so, you know, of course, you know, he, and he, of course, album came out. He was on all the, the, in, those that interview people interviewed him and he talked about it. He was invited to, uh, did he go to your, to, uh, yeah, to, to church. church? Yeah, to Church. Yeah, My parents go to Lakewood Church in yeah. And, uh, and so that, you know, that's one aspect. And, you know, two, you have other high profile individuals who were very important to this next generation, like Justin Bieber, mm-hmm. and he attends church. Regularly, from what I understand, in New York, is that right? Yeah, Hillsong, Hillsong, yeah. So you have some of these high-profile individuals who are famous—Kanye West, Justin Bieber—and and, you know, and I think like Kendall Jenner. You know, she goes mm-hmm. to these Sunday services that Kanye does. Do you see? Because you work with a lot of young people. Is that influencing at all Christianity? Is Christianity becoming a part? Is are we at the, the beginning of something a, another? Revolution as far as how Christianity is seen or do you think it's you know, it's just something that will will fade away I mean, what do you think about that?
1: Honestly, I think that it does like a lot of these things do bring like awareness to mm-hmm. situations um, and to Really kind of like the church in general mm-hmm. um, but the Kind of biggest issue with it is one people like public perception Mm-hmm. Again, people have like made Christians out to be like perfect, so they're like, "How can Kanye be a Christian? Like, he's done all this stuff. He's doing all this other stuff. Like, you know." Yeah, he he it,
0: interrupted Taylor Swift. Yes, he hurt Taylor Swift's feelings. How could how could yeah he did so yeah.
1: You know, there's all these things, but it's like, okay, well, that's not like we just said the purpose of being a Christian. It's it's admitting that you are flawed and that you're mm-hmm. sinful, and you know you're working towards. Um, towards Christ, but that's when I see the other issue is that I think people just participating in stuff, Mm. like singing a gospel song or going to a church service, is not the same as putting Christ first Mm. and reorienting their life around putting Christ first. Wow! And I think that is something that as Christians that we strive to do, maybe we forget sometimes, but we have that intention to do. Um, and uh, I mean, even today I was just having a conversation about why I do what I do and like why I do my job. And, you know, I really feel like the gifts that I've been given, um, I'm really sociable. I love talking to people and kind of finding out their interests. And, you know, if God has given somebody a gift to dance or to write mm-hmm. and they need to hone in those skills and mm-hmm. so they can go, um, be excellent and mm-hmm. give that honor and glory to Him. Then I'm happy to play my part to try to assist and say, Hey, maybe this is the place you need to be. Maybe these are the people you need to mm-hmm. to learn from, um, and you can go off and do and be all that God's made you to be. Um, so, my job and my career and my passion for education totally stems from me trying to use my gifts. Um, that I know God has given me. So, in what you do, yeah. you know, and that's the other thing too. Like, your job doesn't have to necessarily be, you know, your God given, like, calling. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, maybe your calling is, you know, more. <laughs> excuse me. <coughs> okay. <laughs> so at the same time, maybe your calling is more family focused. So you need to go out there. Earn a living, and so then you can come home to your family, and that's yeah. where you're sowing, you know, your energy, and and that's what God is really called to to do, and the other stuff is kind of um, supplemental. So, you know, I think it takes all these different um, components, but until I think it would take somebody really influential to say, you know, I'm trying to mm-hmm. put Christ first. Um, I think that's when we'll see more um, more kind of carryover from pop culture into the everyday. But at the same time, like, I can't speak for everybody, so maybe somebody listened to this Kanye album and was like, hey, these are great things to say. Like, one of the um, songs... Oh, so there's this other thing. So yeah, yeah. Kanye did this album, but really a lot of it uh, when he performed... At like Lakewood, and he's done mm-hmm. some other things. Mm-hmm. It was really this gospel choir singing all these songs, yeah, and yeah. he kind of like popped in like every now and then. Yeah, but the choir was like phenomenal. Yeah, and they actually put out their own CD, what? and um, <laughs> we listened to it. And I mean, the songs are great. And one of the songs is like the title is I can't remember exactly what it is, but it's um, a song a verse from Revelations. So I'm just like, you know, even people hearing mm-hmm. something or seeing something, be like, "Well, what is this? Let me go look it up." Mm-hmm. Like you really don't know how God's gonna use any of these things for His glory. So mm-hmm. honestly, regardless of whatever our intentions are, um, but, but yeah, so I think that there's definitely possibility, um, but I don't, I don't know that we're gonna look back in 50 years and say, "Man, the church really was reawakened by that Kanye album." <laughs> <Yes>. um, <laughs> Oh, mm-hmm. yes. So, yeah, um,
0: we, we got it. We had a uh, Shirley uh, here in the, the audience had a question, and she said, uh, Have you heard the song Kanye West's song, Take Me to Church? Is that right, the Kanye well, I song? I think
1: it's the Hozier, right? Oh, the, oh yeah, oh, yeah, teacher, the Hozier, yeah, Take Me and to and Church. There. That one? I don't know the words.
0: Yeah, do you like that song? Yeah. Hey, what you do know, you think about that song, man?
1: You know, there's mm-hmm. so many different um, things, and it's like, Okay, I don't know what the rest of those lyrics are, Mm -hmm. but, you know, somebody that, like I said earlier, somebody that might have had a really bad experience in church might hear that first line and be like, no, and turn that off. Yeah. Um, You know? But I think that church, and specifically in America, like Mm -hmm. the Christian church has just been so much of the culture for so many years um, that you see these representations in different Uh, media, like, I honestly, like, just today, listened to this podcast. I listened to this feminist podcast where they review (laughs) media, and they see, like, if it meets the Bechdel test, which is basically two female represented characters have to have dialogue back and forth with each other, not about a man. And very few movies actually meet that. Um, Wait a
0: minute, so just to flesh this out, so this particular test... It analyzes conversations between two women. Yes. And whenever these conversations happen, and a man is not involved in the conversation, mm-hmm. it meets the the standards of this particular test. Yes. And so right. they measure movies, songs, mm-hmm. and what's it called the the Bechtel test. The Bechtel. So Bechtel was an in okay. illustrator. Interesting. So what's it, What did they find out?
1: Well, the one that I listened to today was a review of Sister Act. Oh, so I, I don't mean. know if y'all remember that movie back in nineteen. 19- I 90. love him. I love him. I love him, and where it goes, I'll, I'll, follow, follow, I'll follow. I'll follow. I'll follow. I will follow him. Yes, so I'll it's a, him. We love that movie. It definitely passes the Bechtel test, um, if you're wondering. Um, <laughs> but you know, it's all. It really puts the church in this really positive light. Oh, yeah, and, that's true. Yeah, you know, it's kind of skims over some other things, but um, but there's this whole concept of people using music and mm. connecting the people where they are to reintroduce people into the church. Mm. Mm. And I, I I always find that really interesting. And then I don't know if you know the sequel, Cicero Act 2, oh, Back I in the Habit. Oh, I love that one, man. So good. Yeah, um, you know, I... Yeah, go
0: ahead. I gotta tell you this. That particular Cicero Act 2, you know, there's that scene where, um, oh, happy day. Yes. Oh, happy day. In fact, it was so... like. Just two days ago, I got on YouTube and I showed my kids that clip. See? Before we even talked about it, because it's a scene. You know, of course, Lauren Hill yes. is in that, and Lauren Hill is a singer who is was really formative to me in you know the, my high school years. And you know, she was unknown in that movie. Mm-hmm. But if you go to that movie, Sister Act Two, I want to hear your thoughts on it. Okay. But he hits that high note, and I have no idea a human being <laughs> could sing that high. You know, but that's a great movie. But did they did they analyze Sister Act too?
1: Not yet. Oh, not yet. Uh, um, and also, this is not necessarily a challenge, but my wife definitely can sing that note. Oh, so if you ever have her on this podcast, she can sing that note. Bring her, oh. yes, one thousand percent.
0: Hey, everyone should go YouTube. There's a there's a note that guy sings <laughs> that is it, it almost. I don't know if, if older people could hear it. It's that high. I mean,
1: <laughs> yeah, honestly, it is very high.
0: It is. Can you sing that high? Can you hit
1: that high note? At this point, I've been a little sick. No, and even I think when I was well, I don't know if I could hit that. I can sing really high, like up there ish. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that's that's. that's yeah, cool.
0: but in that movie too, I mean, it's set in a Catholic school. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have Lauren Hill, and that, and there's another female. They sing "His Eyes on a Sparrow." Yes.
1: Honestly, like, that's a song that, like, we would listen to that version, like, driving to church growing up, because it is, you know, that hymn. Yeah. And that's honestly the first, my first introduction to that hymn. Yeah. Um, But it's just great, too, because there's all these kids, and they are, as a former music educator, my bachelor's degree in music education and vocal performance, like, you know, using music again to get these kids, it changed their life. It Mm -hmm. changed so much but also it was so tied to God. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, I, you know, when I, especially when I think about faith, I, as a musician, I cannot, like, separate, you know, as soon as you, anytime somebody tells me, oh, what do you think about this word? I'm definitely thinking about a song that has that word in it, <laughs> so. Well,
0: that's good. I mean, do you have any words of wisdom for the church in 2020? I mean, you are a, how old are you? 28 28, in your prime. I mean, you are, uh, you know, up in, your career is on the, you're just about to just stride with your career. You know, you're, you are a person of faith. Uh, you are surrounded and your life is oriented upon the hopes and promises and the belief that Jesus is at work and will be at work and has a plan for this whole thing. Speak to the church right now. What's on your heart? You know, do you have any words of wisdom For the church 2020, how can we, as a body of believers, embody Jesus here and now?
1: You know, the number one thing that just is at the forefront of my mind is definitely just take the time to know people. It is so much easier to have those difficult conversations where they're like, well, the Bible says this about that. Like, what do you say about this? You know, starting off a relationship with somebody with these difficult questions and conversations is nearly impossible. But if you know people and you love them and you love each other, it's so much easier to talk to them about how Christ has influenced your life. You know, why do you have this disposition? Why are you so joyful? You know, why, you know, do you treat people in a certain way? Like, why do you do the things that you do? And so once you know people and they know you, it's so much easier to do that. So. And also, you know, I am not that old, but I'm a lot older than I previously was. <laughs> every, year it gets, every year, every it year, every year, like, it older, man. It kind of sneaks up on us, you know. It does. Yeah. And you know, you get so much more into like your routine. Mm-hmm. Like, you want to go home. You mm-hmm. want to sit down. But honestly, like, if it's spending the extra five minutes to talk to a colleague after work, or um, even somebody at the church, even a visitor, like. Honestly, relationships are just my favorite thing on the earth. Mm. And so build upon the relationships that you already have. Seek new ones um, and just talk to people.
0: That's a great, great advice. And ladies and gentlemen, this has been an absolute treat to have Brother Ryan Cole on the Continuing the Conversation podcast. We do have a live audience here in the audience Uh, The crowds have come. I guess they heard that you were coming, Ryan Cole. Well, ladies and gentlemen, it has been an absolute treat to have Ryan Cole here on the Continuing the Conversation podcast. Just a reminder to keep the faith. We are a community right now at Skillman that is striving to live by faith. And uh, what we have been talking about recently is that faith is different than belief. It includes belief, but faith is is that next step where the beliefs that you have reorient your life into a new way of living and in fact what we hope for at Skillman is to live in a way that is crazy that is ludicrous that doesn't make sense in any other way unless there's a belief attached to it, that God is at work, that God has always been at work, that God will continue to be at work. And so as a community, if you're out there, continue to to hold fast, continue to stay strong, uh, continue to let the teachings of Jesus, like Ryan said, reorient our entire life to be people of love, of kindness. And may we, as Ryan talked about, we talked about today, may we be people who are vulnerable, who are not afraid to admit when we've messed up, are not afraid to apologize to, to people or to uh, groups that we've read and uh may we live like jesus you have one more thing to say man. yeah
1: also you know if you haven't checked it out sister act one sister act two
0: and may we all watch sister act one and sister act two that's our homework ladies and gentlemen uh god bless you and uh, we will see you soon